Praise God. So we are excited to begin a new series this morning. Mm-hmm. We're going to go through a book of the Bible. We're going to go through First Peter. It's a New Testament book. So if you have your Bible with you, if you if you don't have a Bible with you and you'd like yeah. to follow along, just we encourage you to uh, find learn got to find your way here to the Bible. serve yeah. you a, a Bible. We have a hand up here for somebody who needs a Bible. And, uh, Anybody else? There's little tabs in the in the uh, service Bibles so that you can find First Peter really quick. Now, First Peter is right before Second Peter. <laughs> so helpful, so helpful. <laughs> so First Peter, living as a sojourner in a strange land. <laughs> That's going to be the subtitle to the sermon series and even to what we're going to talk about today. Uh, So before we begin to read, and we're going to read the first chapter, but before we begin to read the first chapter, we just want to give a little introduction to the book of 1 Peter. Uh, We call it a book, but actually it was a letter that was Mm -hmm. written by the Apostle Peter. Um, It was written by him, and then it was circulated to the churches that were scattered through what's now considered, is that, oh, is that me pinging? I don't know. I don't have anything that pings. (laughs) It sounds like it's up here, but I don't know. Let's see if I have my, no, it's on silent. Um, But anyways, the book or the letter Uh written by Apostle Peter, uh, he wrote it in 65 AD, about 30 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh And he wrote it to the churches that had been scattered because of persecution in what is now considered modern-day Turkey. Okay, and so the letter, if you can imagine, if you get a letter, you don't just read a page of it. You would read the whole letter, right? And so when the letter was brought to the church, they would have read the whole letter Mm -hmm. uh, for the sake of helpful study now, like modern-day translations for the sake of reference and study. It's been divided up into chapters and verses. And so First Peter right. has five chapters to it. And like I said, the early church would have read through what we considered five chapters, but we're going to just read through one chapter and just actually study just the first four verses or so is what we'll end up getting to. And I thought, what would happen if we read five chapters? Like, <laughs> could we all handle it? I thought in 2,000 years, the adult attention span has kind of shrunk. <laughs> So we're going to do one chapter. We want you all to just gear up and pay attention as we go through it. It's important that we go through one whole chapter because if you just read one Bible verse, you could get, you could take your own thoughts on it and build a theology around it that's really in error. So we have to read the Bible in its full context. I mean, this is why it's so important to even read through the Bible. We're doing that. By the way, uh, if you want to find out about that, look on the Bible app. We're going through a Bible reading plan. It's been really awesome because we get to add in some thoughts of what that day's reading meant to us and very helpful. So uh, Peter, like I said, wrote this in 65 AD. Uh, The early church at that time was experiencing persecution for their faith. It was coming from the religious Jews who were not believers like the Pharisees. They couldn't wrap their head around free grace, that salvation would come just as a free gift of God. And families were persecuting their own believers in the family, mostly because the Roman government was cracking down on Christians. 
And so they were having to decide between standing with their family or going with the Roman government. Mm -hmm. And the Roman government had given the Christians at that time some legal standing. You know, they had some rights, if you will. But when Christians began to refuse to worship, because Rome had an emperor at the time. His name was Nero, a really awful man. Yes. But when Christians would refuse to worship him, him as God, which is what was expected in the Roman Empire, and refusing to go to the pagan uh, worship sites and, and worship in pagan ways and buy their idols and buy their trinkets. and mm. These were money-making things for the government. So these things began to bother, of course, the government. And then when Christians began to speak out against and reject the horrible pag pagan practices of the immorality that was going on in the culture... Well, you can imagine, it didn't go well for them. They, they, there was a crackdown mm -hmm. that was starting to happen. And so it was, they were in this toleration phase, like the government was tolerating uh, Christian belief. But by the end of the century, like I said, Peter wrote this in the mid-65 A.D., by 90 A.D., the end of the first century, it was mm. full-blown persecution in opposition to the Christian. I mean, this, this is when the Christians became entertainment. They would throw them into the Colosseum, into the lion's den. You've heard about these things, and it was just entertainment for them. Or they would use them as a living torch in, inside of, like, the emperor's garden, light them on fire. Yeah. I mean, just horrible, horrible persecution. And so Peter's writing this before it progressed to that point. And he's inspired by the Holy Spirit. Right. We know Scripture is inspired by God. These men wrote of old, inspired by the, the Holy Spirit. And he wanted Christians to be prepared, really, for what was ahead. Yeah. I mean, even the Lord told him, hinted to him, that you, you're going to die a martyr. Right. And why did he want to do that? So that they wouldn't lose hope. Come on okay. now. Okay. So not to be surprised when suffering and tribulation came into their life persecution, that the suffering didn't mean that God had somehow forgotten them, right? or that somehow you've done something really terrible and he's just displeased with you, and so these terrible things are happening in your life. Hmm. And isn't this a common whisper that we get from the enemy when things start to happen in our life? I mean, maybe we do things and we deserve, you know, we reap what we sow in that right. sense, but we're not talking about that kind of suffering. We're talking about suffering when we feel like, Lord, I've been following you, I've been I want to know you. Like, why is this happening to me? Mm. I know we've all felt that way. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. You know, that the common whisper then to the enemy is when you go through these trials and setbacks and disappointments, that's like, this shouldn't be happening to you. And so God is displeased with you. Something's wrong. Oh, my gosh. And so when suffering comes, there's this tendency to draw back, and we can become disillusioned. Where is God? We can feel very alone. Anybody... Come on, we all have, let's be, we're being even, honest in here. Come and on even now. quit. You can, this is the danger, and this is why Peter's writing this letter. He's saying, when we go through these things in your life, as we're going to read in the letter, there's, there's hope, and there's a reason, yes. and God is still with you. And so Peter... Peter does write, and, and he's inspired, like we say, inspired by the Holy Spirit, uh, that suffering and opposition... Uh, gives you the opportunity to live out your faith. And when you do this during that time period, it, like we'll find later, it refines your faith. It, but he's saying, live out your genuine faith. 
Don't you know when you're going to get dipped in oil and put up on there to be lit, you better have some faith. And so opposition and persecution, troubles in our lives gives us, we need to look at it, an opportunity to live our faith out. Yeah. You know, Jesus really does. I mean, let's, he offers us life. He offers us blessings, hope, faith, you know, forgiveness of sin, glory to God. Yeah. He offers us healing and abundant life. Yeah. But he also says that we're going to experience suffering oh, yeah. and difficulty. Yeah. We're, going to, yeah. we're going to live in sorrow at times. Uh, and we'll all be able to say something like this. Well, life is unfair. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. we know that that is true? <laughs> yes. This like life here is yeah. unfair. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, turn to uh, John 16. Hold your finger right there in First oh, Peter because yeah. we're coming That's back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> John 16. And because Peter knows these things. Peter... Peter has experienced these things himself. So he's not just writing something that, oh, this would be nice. Oh, no, he knows these things. Because Jesus personally told him this in verse 33. Jesus said to them, I told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world... You have tribulation, trials, distress, frustrations, but be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world for you. Yes, Yes. hallelujah. We need to know how this scripture works, don't we? Because we need to be able to find this perfect peace when everything is falling apart. And that, that doesn't mean you avoid your responsibility. That means that God will make a way if you have that genuine faith, trusting in him as I go through the difficulty. Uh, Again, Peter heard this right out of Jesus' mouth. But at that time, he didn't understand because everything was going good. You know, when when Jesus said, well, I'm going to the cross, I'm going to die. Peter goes, no way! You're not doing that. (laughs) And then Peter also understood this kind of stuff because he denied Jesus. And if you read that account, he was sorely troubled by it. I mean, it was was devastating to him. But we're going to find out what 1 Peter brings to us. And the common themes in 1 Peter are, are these. Number one... That then this is very important for us to understand. Yeah. We're sojourners with the living hope beyond this life. We need an eternal perspective. We need to have that locked in us. Because what happened to the Jews? Everything was taken away from them because they declared Christ as their Lord and Savior. He was the Messiah. And so the family members would kick them out and take all their possessions. Now, somebody knock on your door today and take everything you got. Now, just, as, just like we said, this is an opportunity to live out our faith. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm trusting Jesus. But we are sojourners. Don't lock yourself into this world. We have a better one coming. Amen? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> 
Now listen to this one. Number two, we are called to steward our sufferings well. <laughs> That's a good one to think about. Anybody have difficulty with that? <laughs> Every hand should go up yeah. in here. You don't usually think about it as being a steward. But we're Over, going to do but, it the right way. We're going to yeah, learn of yeah. Jesus, and we're going to bring, you know the Bible, we're going to read it later on. When they are opposing you and opposition comes against you for Jesus' sake, the Bible says the glory of God rests on you. Yes. So good prayer would be like when you're being attacked or persecuted, you say, Lord, let them see your glory. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It'd probably scare them. <laughs> We're called to steward our sufferings well. We will experience suffering. But we cannot let those trials and disappointments and setbacks, persecution, derail us from our faith. Yeah. This is where we're going to get locked in. Yeah. Community Life Church, believers in here, till the end, amen? amen. That's right. We are to orient our lives around the future glory. It's an inheritance given to us in Christ, reserved for us in heaven, yeah. that will never fade away. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It'll always be fresh Correct. to yes. us. Everything that he's delivering to us. But okay. this is the hope, the eternal hope, the blessed hope yeah. that yeah. we need to have. Yeah. That's the anchor of our soul. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, we're going to get ready to um, read through that first chapter. But let's just start with prayer, okay, yeah. before we yeah. approach the yeah. word of God. So, Father, we thank you this morning, that we have a Bible, Hallelujah. that we have the Word of God yes. that we can open up. It's preserved yes. for us from ancient of days, Lord God, and it's a reliable Word. It's a sure Word, yes. and so we open up our mind. We open up our heart. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, speak to us this morning. Unveil the Word of God to us, and I pray, Father, that it would inspire hope mm -hmm. on the inside of us, that no matter what it is that we're going through in this life, that Jesus You've promised to be with us, you're for us, your yeah. power will help us to overcome and endure to the end. And so we worship you, Lord, and I pray, Father, that as we read through this word, that just like the early church, I believe it inspired them yes. in their faith to be just bold, emboldened in their faith, to let our light shine, that we will not be silenced, right. Lord, in a culture that is resisting you and yet just needs you so desperately. So help us, Lord, to be those people for your sake and for your glory to, to let our light shine. In Jesus' name, Yeah. amen. Amen. So I'm going to begin to read 1 Peter, and this is not up on the screen. And so That's you, why you have you a just, Bible. You just listen. <laughs> and again, I know it's difficult. There's you know, 50 different translations you could, we could have in this room that people could be following. Mm -hmm. So You'll be able to follow. What I'm saying and what I'm reading may not follow your translation. Word for word. Word for yeah. word. The Spirit is there. Yes. And so Peter, it begins, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. To God's elect, mm. exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ mm. and sprinkled yes. with his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. <laughs> Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Yes. 
in his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Hallelujah. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, reserved and kept for you in heaven. You who through faith are being guarded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse 6, in all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith Mm -hmm. of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine. Yes. And may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. (laughs) Though you've not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. Amen. And are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, (laughs) for you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Verse 10. The prophets who prophesied of the grace which was intended for you searched and inquired earnestly about this salvation. Mm. They sought to find out to whom and when this was to come, which the Spirit of Christ working within them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you. Awesome. And now this good news has been told you by those who preached the gospel to you, <laughs> by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Into these things the very angels long to look. Wow. <laughs> Therefore, prepare your minds for action. <laughs> Be self-controlled. Sell your hope on the grace given to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who is called you is holy, so you be holy. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. And since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver and gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. So your faith and hope are in God. Yes. Now that you have purified your souls by obedience to the truth, so that you have a sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever. (laughs) And this is the word that was preached to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
the word of the Lord. Glory to God. Be to God. Right? Amen. That's right. Now, we're going to go back to the first verse. And we are encouraging you also in your times uh, uh, that you have, your study time, your quiet time, your prayer time, uh, take a look and read out First Peter. Yeah. Now, I'll t I promise you that we're going to be in chapter 1 for a while. <laughs> we're hoping to get four verses done today. <laughs> we'll see. First Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. To God's elect, exiles, scattered throughout the providence of Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Peter writes this letter, you know, he, beginning with a real, what I consider, a, a, strong, a strong declaration of who Christians are. You are what? You're, listen to it. You're elect. You're chosen of God. Let that filter it's, don't just read over it. You were personally chosen by God. You were elect. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, 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 again, he begins with this strong pronouncement of our identity. Let's don't let the world define who we are. Yeah. Let's let Jesus, the living word, define who we are. Yeah. And it will roll against what you think. Because it's so good, you're going to say, what? But instead of resisting it, allow it to define who you are. Yeah. It's our identity. God has chosen. You are chosen of God. You're chosen of God. Yeah. And it wasn't like the last kid that's available when you're playing ball. Oh, I guess I'll take, I guess I'll take John. Yeah. <laughs> He's the last one. See, he wants you to know who you really are. Yes. Because when you know who you really are, you will know how to live your life. Yes. Come on. That's so true. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You know, because we live in this fallen world, when you start with God, you're going to suffer persecution. There's, Jesus said you're going to, we read it already. You can't pray it away. But we have to handle it the proper way, amen? Well, verse 6, you don't, I'll just read it. Through now, you're for a little while. You may have to suffer grief and all kinds of trial. We have to catch what Peter is saying here. For a little while, you might suffer. It might seem like a long time to you. Some of us live in constant pain. Now listen. Compared to eternity, it's a little while. Yeah. There's a perspective that we have to keep. Yeah. We have to keep this. Yeah. Our kingdom will be established here on this earth. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. But he wants you to understand your true identity. Uh -huh. yeah. You were chosen of God. God personally chose you. 
Hallelujah. Yeah. And then he says, you're chosen, he, chosen by God and exiles, like to God's elect. Exiles. That's exiles. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the word for exile in the Greek is actually the word sojourner. That's the way it's defined if you look it up in the Greek. And sojourner, the definition of a sojourner that the Greek dictionary gives is someone who's residing in a strange country temporarily. All right, so God is saying you're chosen and you're a sojourner here. Right. Right? Temporary Peter is resident. saying the wor this world is not your home. Right? Come on. Your true citizenship is in heaven. You're here on, we're like here on a temporary assignment, if you will. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, Jesus told his disciples, he said, I'm sending you out into the world to be salt and light. Yeah. But he reminds them, you're in the world, but you're not of the world, right? This world is not our home. Don't you feel like that more and more these days? Yeah. Like, I feel like, like odder and odder, if you will, like more and more. Like, I really am a sojourner living in a strange yes. land. You read the news and you watch things, and I think, this is a strange land I'm living in. <laughs> I mean, in the past 10 to 15 years, you oh, can really right. feel the outright disdain and contempt for biblical Christian values just growing in the culture, yep. can't you? You can feel it. Like, we're the ones, all of a sudden, like, we're the ones with these archaic <laughs> values about God, about marriage, about sexuality, you know, I think gender. about gender, about family life. Like, we're the ones, we have become the oddballs, if you were We're categorized very often All right. as a hater, right. narrow-minded, you're homophobic, you know, know who's saying these things. And you're I mean, a bigot. You're a bigot. Yeah. Yeah. In a secular worldview, as time goes on and on, you know, we're the ones who are keeping things in their mind from progressing to where they want it to go. Have you yeah. noticed that? Like, we're holding people back. It's as though we're holding them back from reaching their full potential. Their full human. What is the full potential without Christ? Ah, oh. I don't want to see it. I, I don't. I didn't think that's what we're looking at. Wow. It's like we're standing in the way of their pleasure, like yep. experiencing everything that can be experienced. It's, it reminds me of Psalm 2, where that's it says right. the kings of the earth rail against, you know, God Almighty. It's like, let us break off the cords and the bands that are restraining us so that we can have full freedom mm -hmm. to experience, I suppose it would be morality or immorality at its fullest extent without yes. the boundaries given to us by this word. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. You know what? And so in a very similar way, I think the early church was experiencing this. Right. As they were speaking out against their pagan culture. Yes, they were getting more and more marginalized. It's like, hey, if you keep speaking up, we're going to... Cancel you. Cancel you, yeah. <laughs> you're holding us back. You know, you're a bother. And at first yeah. it's a bother. Mm -hmm. But on. then depending on how the laws go in a country, so goes then what happens you know, to you and your life and That's what right. people are willing to do to shut you up. Yep. And so we're... We're I like think, in a toleration I, phase I, right I, now in yeah, our country. If we get an idea, take a look at it. We're at that same place that that early church was. We are in this toleration stage. 
they're tolerating us right now. They'll come out and attack us, but they're still tolerating us. Now, just like what happened in the later part of that first century, uh, full-blown persecution happens. Full-blown. Now, I honestly believe that will come to the United States of America. And this is why we preach so much about, I mean, for over, I think there was a point where we, we said, you know what, we're going to start to preach. So people, even if they're being tortured, will not give up their faith. Yes. And that's why we preach the way we do. We want you to really embrace the word of God, knowing that you're a sojourner here and know that you will have trials and temptations, but be of good cheer because Jesus has overcome the world for us. You know, pretty about 75 years ago, this nation was pretty tightly in agreement with biblical values. You know, and boy, we certainly have drifted away from that. You know, right now we have a worldview of truth. They can't define it because... It didn't make me feel good this day, but now it does make me feel good this day. But now you can't find truth anywhere except this or written word it. about. Yeah, you can't even discuss <laughs> you can't it. Even you can't debate it. Discussion around. Cancel. It. <laughs> we are in the toleration phase. Yeah. And it's full blown persecution. I honestly believe it will come. And there's there's truly. Right now, they are increased silencing uh, the Christian voice on social media. In schools, certainly on universities. You know that. Parents are told, keep out. We know how to teach your kindergartners about sex. Write this down. Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 18, verse 6. is just something you should hang on to. Do you know that the New York Times at Easter and at Passover had an uh, uh, article in there? An editorial. An editorial. And uh, it's actually mocked God and the Bible. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, this guy said that uh, we should uh, eliminate and reject God. New York Times, folks was taking apart the, the story in Exodus. Yeah. And he actually uh, accused God in a general way of murder. And here's a quote. In this time of war, I propose we give up God. And in the play of words, he says, let's pass over God. Yeah. You know, never we've seen this kind of scorn for the Bible. Not in America. I mean, of all the things that New York Times could have published, they actually did this. They, they, they wanted it. You know, you could read the headlines and say, what is going on? You know, you've probably said this. This world is getting crazier and crazier. Yeah. <laughs> Can't you feel it? Can't you feel it? It's in the spirit. Things are getting compressed. Things are getting heavy. And things are going to come up. <laughs> don't you know that it's like it's rejoicing because I don't belong here. Yeah. This is not my home. Right. Do you know the world cannot offer you anything? Right. Not one thing. 
See, we have to have that perspective, the eternal perspective. And so Peter brings this up. He brings our identity up. Who are you? Well, you're who, what Jesus says you are. You, it says that you were chosen by God and that you're an exile. We are aliens. <laughs> we are aliens. We're sojourners here. Yeah. We are here on a job, on a purpose. Yeah. And let's, we'll find out here a little later on that we read it today that God will judge us as our works. You and I, as Christians, we will stand before God. Isn't can't you feel that it's just not your home? It's just there's uncomfortable. Yeah, it's like you're passing through. Exactly, passing through. Traveling along, and you stay in a hotel. It might be a nice hotel, but you know, but (laughs) you know, it's not your home. Right. You know, you go to bed, you sleep in the bed, but it's like it's not your bed. And then so you go to the little mini fridge. It's like this thing's so tiny. There's nothing (laughs) in it. It's not your fridge at home. It's not like the pantry that you have at home. Right. So the longer that you're on the road, the more you long for home, right? And that's part of what I believe you and I are feeling. Yes. Like this is not, I'm not home, I want to be home. (laughs) An awareness of growing awareness that I'm kind of an odd, 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 I feel odd in this place. The Mm -hmm. the things that I value are more and more resisted in the culture. And the ways that God has called me to live is is becoming more and more hostile to the culture. Yep. More and more, I feel like I'm being pressurized to conform to the awoke mentality, if you will. Like that social justice is going to fix everything. Yeah. And like I said, you know, there's a, who would think we'd have to sign a bill in Florida to say we're not going to, we don't want to have our kindergartner learn about sexuality and gender fluidity. It's like, what? Do we have yeah. to really argue these points? This is when I say, where am I? What is happening here? What's going on? So we just say it again. Peter's like, this is what's going on. You're chosen, but you're in exile. You're a sojourner, remember. You're living in a strange land. And so he goes on to say in verse 2, who've been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. So you, as a believer, this says, have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. So we believe chosen through the foreknowledge of God, the Father, means that God knew an eternity past. Who would believe and accept the message of the gospel? Jesus is the lamb slain, let's remember, from the foundation of the world, okay? His blood would accomplish salvation and complete it from the beginning. These things are mysteries for us to understand. But he accomplished our salvation from the foundation of the world. Before you appeared in the earth, your salvation was finished. Yes. God the Father gave Jesus his son to save the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever would believe on him would not perish yes. but Hallelujah. find everlasting life. But does that mean everybody will be saved? No, because no. not all will believe. It's open for everyone, but not all will believe. So being chosen doesn't remove the necessity for a person to use their free will to yes. say, I believe. And so God knew through foreknowledge who would believe him, who would want to know him. And he chose them, and he's the father to them. Yes. He knew them personally as a father to children. If you, if you read the first couple of verses in Ephesians, it says that. Uh-huh. That he saved us. 
He loved us from the foundation of yes. the world and adopted us into his family to be sons and daughters. This was the heart of God. This was the fit. When Jesus died on the cross and he said, it's finished, that's what he did. Yes. He made a, the plan and purpose for your life and the mind of God was written there. Correct. And he has good works for you, planned for you. These are choices, though, that we've got to seek him for and say, I want to know your plan for Come my life. It won't just fall on you because I'm telling this to you. You have to exercise your own faith and talk to him. Yeah. Of course, become a child of God. And then he, by the whole power of the Holy Spirit, he begins to reveal yes. these things to you. So you're not a random accident. No. You know, this is why abortion becomes just such an easy thing. It's like this is just a nothing. It's a no. If he said he knew you in your mother's womb, <laughs> then there's a child being formed Amen. here. Okay. Yeah, so he yeah. knew that you, you're not a random accident. He knew you'd be living at this time. You yeah. were made for this day. Like Ooh. sometimes we think, I wish I lived 100 years ago and it was just all different. Well, no. God chose you to be born at this day and time. And he knew he would equip you for this day That's if really we will good. hold fast to him. That's really good. You were made for this day. Yeah. This is our day. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> we are equipped for today. Come on now. COVID, we are salt yeah. and light. Yeah, but COVID did do a number on yeah. us, did it? Church, you need to get out of your house and get in the game. Amen. Two and a half years, wasn't it? Hasn't it been? Waves of caution. Crisis. <laughs> Fear. Now it's economic disaster, recession. We had racial tension. War in Ukraine. The food side, uh, the food distribution Disruption. Thank you. I know it worked. <laughs> but you know, thank you. The supply chain is yeah. messed up. And so it's been a constant stay inside. Yeah. Wear your mask. Yeah. No voice. No voice. No voice. No voice. No voice. Stay on the couch. Wait yeah. to yeah. <laughs> yeah, stay on the couch because you won't get in trouble that way. You know, I really think maybe we need to get into some holy trouble. Yeah. Amen. We need to be witnesses. We need to be salt and light. We, you yeah. carry the presence of God inside of you. Yeah. And so the presence of God wants to do what? Manifest the kingdom of heaven through you. Yeah. Through you. Thank we need to get off the couch. We need to get in the game. We've got to get rid of all the fear. Come yeah. on. Those masks don't work anyhow. They said it from the very beginning that they don't work. Then they say you have to wear it. It's, there's, a, there's something behind that is to keep you silent. You don't got a voice. Listen, we're breaking free because we're going to cause some holy trouble. <laughs> because when you get into holy trouble, the glory of God rests on you. You've got to know what he says because that's how you have faith. You almost go like, oh, you look rough. I'm going to tell you about Jesus. <laughs> I want the glory of God to be on me. Amen. Amen. <laughs> it's our day. It's time for us to act. We need to fulfill the mission of the church. Come on. Yes. Amen. And we can only do that when we have a deep-rooted hope. Yeah. Come yes. on. It is the word of God. It is all. That's what First Peter's all about. Hope, a living hope. 
That's why we chose this book, because the times are rough, and you know what? We want to put this on you. Like Peter, he's had foreknowledge because he was listening to the Holy Spirit. Wanted to tell those people before it happened. And so this is what we're doing. Oh, my gosh. We're sojourners in this land. You know it? We, have a, a, we are anointed to be in this time to fulfill his mission with power and authority in the name of Jesus. So let's look at verse 3. Yes. <laughs> I know. Moving right along. <laughs> what does the preacher say? I'm about ready to close. <laughs> That means another at least half hour. <laughs> Look at verse 3. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Many Bibles have an exclamation point there. Yes! And so you got to say, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> exclamation point! That's probably how they read it to the church. <laughs> Why? Well, let's keep reading. <laughs> In his great mercy, we have been, we have given new, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You know what that means? Your, that means your sins are forgiven. Glory yes. to God. We've been redeemed. Jesus. Glory to God. You have anything broken in your past? Do you have anything that you're ashamed of or embarrassing in your past? Massive regret? Of course, we all have that. And this is why you can praise God. This is why you can put an exclamation point on there because you're forgiven. Yes. You've been redeemed. You've been bought out of there by the blood of Jesus Christ. And then all that trouble you went through, it's part of your story. It talks about the redeeming power of God. I was this way, now I'm this way. It's the power of the Holy Spirit working in you. Glory to God. We're all a work in progress. None of us have arrived. But yet, you know, our past is a glory to God because he delivered us from it. Yes. So that's part of our story. It's part of our witness. Glory to God. Because, listen, we're in union with Christ. Yes, we are. Yeah. He, he, his desire is that he, we become one with him. Yeah. One with the Father, one with the Son, one with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. This is his desire for us. Yeah. And all we need to do is start to cooperate with that. Yeah. You know, we, when you understand that you're in union with Christ, right. oh man, that fuels our hope. Yeah. Yeah. It's a living hope. Yeah. Our hope is in a person. Yes. His name is Jesus. Yeah. And like I said before, Peter's, Peter's acquainted with shame. I'll never deny you. Yeah. Exactly. Be careful. Be careful is right. <laughs> and, you know, he knew he was going to be martyred. I mean, he was in jail. He was beaten for his faith. All these things. So it's part of his testimony. That's why you can say, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Go to verse 4. Let's look at <laughs> <laughs> what time is it? <laughs> ah! <laughs> well, 
what Peter is, is saying when he's saying, praise God, he's saying, just let our <laughs> lives be marked by this joy. Yes. You know, just regardless of our circumstances. Why? Look mm -hmm. at verse 4. Because you have an inheritance there you go. reserved for you in heaven that can never perish or spoil or fade. Never. You know, because everything in this life slowly fades, doesn't it? I don't care what it is. Come I mean, on. buy something brand new. A brand new car, it's shiny, it's nice, and you're keeping it really nice and clean. Maybe, I don't depending on if you're like Dan or if you're like, like us. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, I mean, eventually that car and its shininess fades. I'll just Come give on. it long enough, there's rust that's going to appear on yeah. it. Or, like, you get this new iPhone. It's like, oh, this thing is shiny and clean, and I'm going to take care of this thing, and it's never going to be greasy on the front of it, and... Yeah, like in about a month or so, or if you have a couple of kids, it's like in three months, the screen is cracked, and it's, you know, you're buying a new case for it, and like things fade, our bodies fade, yep. everything in life, in this life fades, but we have an inheritance in heaven Hallelujah. that will never perish, never fade, or come to an end, Never fade. and it's all because God sought you, yep. he called you, he saved you, Go right? Ahead. For himself, he brought yeah, you to yeah. himself. To himself. And wow. this was not by our own initiative. You didn't cause that to happen. Your good works didn't make that happen. Right. Come on now. God preach. had this plan from the foundation of the world. Preach this, woman. Because it's through the finished blood of Christ, the yes. finished work of the cross, that salvation was made complete. And that's what brought you and me, if you've given your life to Christ, into a right relationship with him. You cannot earn your salvation. Right. You were stuck. You were lost in your sin. Come on. And, God, and Christ saved you is really what happened. On the cross, Jesus, when he said, it is finished, that meant the whole plan of redemption was complete. His commitment to you is yeah. complete. And, never and he will. will be committed to you to the end of time. Hallelujah. However long that is. Time will never end because we're headed into eternity. Yes. Right? So it's because of the resurrection yes. of Jesus Christ, you know, that we have this living hope. Because if Jesus is, a, the fact that he's alive is the guarantee that my sins were dealt with on the cross. And I've been given resurrection and eternal yes. life. I mean, if Jesus is still dead in the grave, then I'm still guilty under my sin. Right, right. there you go. But True. because... He's alive and my sin has been forgiven. And like absorbed into his righteousness, he gave me his righteousness. Now I can stand blameless, holy in his sight. Woo! A spotless. Think about that inheritance that you have. And we need reminded of this all the time. It's also an invitation for those who are not Christians. It is an invitation. If you're not a Christian, this is why people in worship, you can, if you know these things, you lift your hands, you want to shout when you yes. sing these songs because they're real. You realize, no, this is who I am. Yes. Glory to God. And we do need this reminder all the time because the world and its thinking and the whole draw, the culture will just pull you down. That's why we need place. to gather together, for sure. Yeah. That's why it's so important what is happening in this room and other places like it. You know, it's bringing us together. Gosh, it's reminding us of who we are. It's building each other up. It's a mystery that's happening. Something supernatural is happening in here. The body of Christ. This yeah. is the divine. You have a divine appointment every Sunday. To gather together. 
And it is, we are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Oh my gosh. That's why we come together. We seek Him. We praise Him. We worship Him. It helps get our hearts rooted back into this eternal hope. Yeah. Yes. Right. Hallelujah. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. You have to be spiritually connected to this. Yeah. Because it's not just you sitting in a seat. Right. And then you just observing and being a consumer. Mm -hmm. This is where you and I get together and we release the spirit within us and we worship the God of all creation mm -hmm. yes. and his presence comes yes. and he fixes us when we don't even know we need to be fixed. <laughs> you know, Peter is telling us to have an eternal perspective on life. Yeah. He's, he's reminding and telling the church, you know what? You're going to have trials. You're going to suffer. He says, all who live holy will have trouble. Yeah, yeah it, but we lean on our living hope. Yeah. And it's not, it's not something we just make up. Our hope, our living hope is a person. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ, yeah. who was raised from the dead. Yeah. <laughs> And we find out when we gather together our true identity, who we are. Yeah. Who we are. We need that so much. Because if we are truly living as a sojourner in a strange land, if you stay away from gathering together with people of like mind, mm -hmm. guess what happens to your own mind and heart? It drifts. The culture is pretty strong. Everywhere you yes. are on social media is calling you away from the things of the Spirit of God. And so it's so important that if we really believe we're in a strange land, then how, how, much, how necessary is it for us to gather together and Amen. encourage one another and say, let me pray for you. Are you struggling? Because these people were struggling. Yes. And this is why First Peter has such relevancy to our own lives, because... We all need that same encouragement. There's not one person in here who hasn't been struggling from just being misunderstood. Maybe for your faith, maybe your family is ridiculing you. Maybe there's embarrassment on your job. Right. You're speaking about Christ. Or maybe you need the encouragement that I do need to go to my job and speak about Christ. Yes, there you go. And when you gather with people of like faith, that that spark of the Spirit starts to stir us up. Yeah. Can you not feel the Holy Spirit in here this morning? Amen. Moving among us. And we've all experienced measures of pain in our life. Sickness, death, sometimes sudden death, trials and suffering that would cause us to go, what is going on? Where do you look for your hope? It's so important. You know where to look for your hope. You gather with your people. You come back to your tribe and you say, yes. here's what's going on. You know, would you pray for me? We cannot be ashamed and, and pretend, oh, everything's awesome in my life sprinkle when it's not. Sprinkle a little not. Jesus on it. Yeah, sprinkle a little bit of Jesus dust. And <laughs> we gotta when life doesn't seem fair, right. where do you look for hope? And if you come into a place where the believers believe 
and we speak like this and we remind ourselves hey this life isn't all that there is let me pray for you jesus said he'd be with us he will come into your pain right now and strengthen you these are the ways of the spirit church is not just some place you come on a sunday and get a little pumped up and go the lord wants to do a mighty thing through his people hallelujah so let's just all remind ourselves father god we just thank you for this time that we have together here today i thank you that you're helping us that to see that even though we may feel like we're odd in this culture lord in you we put our hope we put our perspective we know that one day is coming when things are going to be yes. completely made new forever hallelujah and until then lord we do live with a living hope the glorious inheritance that's coming to us and so help us father to join together and unify as your people yes yes if if you're if you're not a christian you know it but you see how free we are understand that our sins are forgiven that's available to you also and it's only available through Jesus Christ and God has been wooing you calling you drawing you that's why you're here today I'll give you an opportunity to you know what I surrender to Jesus I'm asking you to raise your hand if that's you raise your hand right now I want Jesus I want my sins forgiven I want to walk in newness of life. I want this joy that comes out of that commitment to Him. I want everybody just to bow your head. You, you watching this. Are you ready? Time is running short. And there is a judgment to come. You can read about it in the book of Revelation. Jesus is the only Savior that can keep you from it. Everybody say this. Heavenly Father, I recognize that I've sinned against you. I'm asking for your forgiveness through your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for my sins. And on the third day, he rose again from the dead. And he is seated next to you on your right hand. And he's coming back to make things right here on this earth. I want to be saved. I want to walk with you. I want to learn of you. Thanks for choosing me. In Jesus' name, amen.